Welcome to the Encounter Jesus Podcast. All right, um, today I'm going to continue my series on Life of Jesus Christ, Part 13. All right, and this is on the Last Supper, John 13, 1 through 30, NIV. And I really feel the heart of the message of Jesus is to keep, today is for us, is to keep a tender heart towards Jesus. Okay? So I want to say tender. So Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence this morning. We thank you all that you're doing in this room, in this house, Lord, and in this season, Lord. And I pray right now that you'll tenderize our hearts towards you, Jesus. Anything that's untender, Father God, that you will reveal to heal. And we welcome just the power and the presence of the blood of Christ this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we can jump to chapter 13. That'd be great. Verse 1. Put your track shoes on today, all right? It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew. Isn't it awesome that Jesus knew? Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, isn't that amazing? He knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you did not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I may know Peter quickly repented. (laughs) He laid his pride down, right? He didn't think too much more about that after the Lord told him that. Verse 10, Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. And though not every one of you, for he knew, right? He knew. He was going going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. So Jesus knew his time, he knew his authority, and who was going to betray him. His heart was prepared to do God's will his way, right? Mark 10, 45, NSB says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Obviously here at Encounter Jesus uh, Church, uh, serving is one of our values here. We value the honor of serving God and others in our city, nation, world with love, compassion, and resources. So a great question I ask myself often is, how can I serve the call and encounter Jesus with a joyful heart? How many know that serving aligns our heart to Jesus? It unifies us with others. It protects our destiny and brings fulfillment to our lives. Serving purifies. 
and releases supernatural peace. Serving creates a God-centered culture. Serving empowers our hearts to love one another like Christ. Jesus loved and served his disciples well, even amidst the betrayal, isolation, pain, abandonment, and being crucified. Serving gives permission for the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and it releases divine joy for us to live in. How many know that serving is a weapon in the kingdom of God? The first thing that Jesus did right after he knew it was his time was this. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drawing them with a towel that was wrapped around him. There's healing power in serving. Uh, most of you know, and I've shared this story before, I served in the Brethren Church for five and a half years as a youth pastor. And we would have threefold communion twice a year. And uh, that consisted of foot washing, right? Some of you guys would know that very well, which is a symbol of our present state. And we did the Lord's Supper, which is a symbol of our future with Christ. And of course, the Eucharist too, which is a symbol of Christ's past sacrifice for us. And it lasted about 90 minutes. I remember the first time participating in this, okay? Um, I just came out of the drug culture. We didn't do this when we sold drugs to each other. Okay, this was a new reality for me that I was learning and growing. I got set free from that lifestyle, and uh, but so as this was this was a little awkward. But even I even washed my feet before going to the feet washing feet washing service too because I wanted to make sure they were clean. I know some of you have done that before that you've been in the brother and that you wash your feet before you get them washed because you don't want you get those fuzzies and it's an intimate act. You know, it's like you know I'm gonna put clean socks on. I'm gonna get ready here. You know. So now I'd probably show up with muddy feet. <laughs> Put some oatmeal on it and <laughs> let it dry. <laughs> Creativity, that's called, right? But, um, but I, I remember this uh, older man was, uh, you know, as you would wash a person's feet, you know, you would pray over them. And this older man, as I was washing his feet, he was just receiving me as I prayed over him. And as people wash my feet, and prayed over me. It was, I don't even remember it was prayed, but I remember being marked by serving, servinghood. And it was a new experience for me, right? And it really, I think, it was a humble and awkward, vulnerable and beautiful experience all at the same time. And, but the Holy Spirit imparted into me a deeper understanding of what it means to serve one another and love one another. And uh, in other words, what it means to be other folk or other focused, not self-focused. And it's not about me, it's about Christ. I think John's dad about 18 months ago showed me a picture of, they actually had, uh, I don't know if he did the wedding or not, was there, but they did a, they washed each other's feet as part of the marriage ceremony, which I've never seen that done, which is kind of cool. So, you know, it's symbolizing when I proposed to Jessica, you know, guess what I asked? Can I serve you the rest of my life? That's how I proposed. And, um, <laughs> so this 20, this July 27, we saw in 22 years of marriage. So that's how I proposed to her. So servanthood was a big deal. The call of God on my life is not for me. It's for the people he sends into my life. Ultimately, I'm serving the call of God on my life, which brings freedom. Right? Amen. 
and the best way to serve God's cause in humility. Matthew 23, 12 ESV, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Um, our EJ logo, most of you have seen it. Amanda Finger did a great job designing that. I love the crown. And uh, one of the things that it represents for me is humility, uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. When I look at the crown of thorns, we probably think of a lot of things, but I think of pain, suffering, humility, servanthood, and the, and the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, in seminary, um, you know, I uh, took Greek 1, 2, and 3, and, and the third uh, uh, class was we, I interpreted the whole book of Philippians from Greek to English. So it took about a four month process. And during that time, the Lord marked me with Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I'm going to use the Passion Translation because it's a little bit better than mine. Um, and uh, so let me read this. And I want you to soak in the servanthood of Jesus right now. The word of God pierces. We doing good, Jesus? Okay. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to season equality with God as a supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself out of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone one one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm and in the earthly realm and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and bring glory and honor to God, his Father. Isn't that powerful? Andrew Walmart's commentary says this. <clears throat> Peter's refusal to let Jesus wash his feet came from a knowledge that he was totally unworthy to have the sinless Son of God serve him as a common servant. Peter was correct in his assessment of his relative worth, but what he missed was that God didn't minister to us because of worth, but because of his love. Romans 5, 8, 1 John 4, 8. Even Peter's attitude looked so holy and humble, he was actually resisting God's will and committing an act of pride. Pride is not only exalting yourself above what is proper, but it can also be debasing yourself below what is proper. Pride is simply self-centeredness or being self-willed instead of God-centeredness or being submitted to God's will. Peter, shown, Peter should have been humble enough to know that Jesus knew what he was doing and should have submitted himself to his will. Likewise, today, some people refuse to let God bless them. This is a little bit of a larger commentary. For Interwomics, awesome in his commentaries. But Psalms 35, 27, thinking that they are unworthy of his favor. While it's true that people's actions don't warrant God's goodness, truly humble people receive the Lord's blessing as an expression of his love and grace. Misguided humility is every bit as damaged as exaggerated pride. My goodness. Here's uh, four good I will statements that were kind of, as I was meditating on this, um, God, I will submit myself to your will, ways, and desires for my life, right? Ella had a, a vision of a glass blowing, right? Uh, or what's it called? 
glass blowing. I keep on thinking wind. I keep on seeing wind with that picture about the whole purification. That's part of the process, which is a really good word this morning. Number two, God, I will serve the call of God on my life because it's not for, um, it's for others, not me. God, I'll allow you to bless me. God wants to bless each and one of you in this season. Just let him. God, I'll receive your ministry of love to me and your son and daughter. Amen. Verse 12, let's hop back in the scriptures here, all right? When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what, what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger, messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you have, will be blessed if you do them. So the New Spirit Phil Life Bible study note says this, ultimately servanthood is a disposition of the heart and spirit which expresses itself in concrete actions. Amen? Verse 18, I am not referring to all of you. I know that I have chosen, those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill this passage of Scripture. He who has shared my bread has turned against me. That's out of Psalms 41.9. I'm telling you that now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you'll believe I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I sent accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them of them he meant. One of them, the disciples whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Interesting, uh, uh, John wrote the book here, right? <laughs> Simon Peter motioned to his disciple. He said, ask him which one he means. That had been an interesting conversation, huh? Leaning back, Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son, the son of Simon Iscariot. Now listen to this. As soon as Judas took the bread, Saint entered him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. But get this, but no one at the meal understood what Jesus was, uh, why, why Jesus said this to him. They didn't catch the revelation. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Jesus had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. Uh, Dr. Bill Heyman, so I got some roots with him. Some of you are probably familiar, the 10M. He's got some wonderful revelation. Um, um, about uh, characters in the Bible. And so here's his thoughts on Judas, which is very like, ooh, you know, it's a little bit of a oil check. Um, Judas' thoughts probably went something like this. <clears throat> I've forsaken my business and sacrificed my opportunities to advance myself in position and possessions over the last three years by following Jesus day and night. Now I get the impression from what Jesus is saying and doing that he won't fulfill my dream. I thought following Jesus would advance my position, power, and prestige, but I was wrong. The bottom line is this. Selfishness is the root problem of 99% of all unscriptural attitudes and actions. Self-centeredness is what gives power to the three sources of all sin, 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, 1 John 2.16. All outward sins come from one of these three resources, and they receive their right and power to function the individual through his or her unsanctified self-life. Boy, that's a nice sword, isn't it? So in a nutshell, Jesus or Judas left the fellowship of Jesus. Judas exchanged the light for darkness. Judas chose 30 pieces of silver over his close friendship with Jesus, but Jesus chose to serve and love Judas by washing his feet, knowing that he was going to betray him. Now that's agape love, right? Amen? Jesus created and empowered a culture of freedom within his disciples. He gave them space to make choices with their life situation. Peter denied Jesus and repented, right? He became a pillar of the New Testament church, but Judas betrayed Jesus, and he didn't repent and committed suicide. In order to have Peter's, you have to be willing to have Judas's. I declare that we will have a tender heart like Peter, not Judas. We keep a tender heart towards Jesus by forgiving, praying, and blessing our enemies. Bill Johnson's life (laughs) demonstrates this so well. He's such a wonderful example. He's challenged me and to how to love, pray, and bless people who hate and are unkind and persecute him. And uh, he actually has a 10-minute video on uh, YouTube about communion, how he takes it, and the process he goes through that, um, you know, and it's just a beautiful uh, uh, picture of the blood and the body of Christ and how to respond to people and situations. Bill Johnson says this. He just did an interview at Victory Church uh, in a a conversation at a conference. He said, people that talk unkind about me gives me another opportunity to die. In other words, we keep a tender heart towards Jesus by knowing when we need to put our sword away and release healing to our enemies. Jason Hopton says this, and he's got a wonderful testimony of restoration and forgiveness helps us see how to love others. Amen. And I would add, it also helps us to see our future with clear vision full of hope. I'm forgiven because of the blood of Jesus and will forgive others because of the blood of Christ, right? So I wrap this up here. Matthew 6, 12, NLT, the part of the Lord's Prayer says this, which we're all familiar with this. As we forgive our sins, we also have forgiven those who sin against us. And then verse 14 and 15 says this, which is powerful. I read this scripture a lot. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Don't get mad at me. That's Jesus saying that. (laughs) So, (laughs) But uh, I want you just to close your eyes. And I feel like the Lord is going to do some healing here. And I just want to welcome the Spirit of God and just have the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you. So just close your eyes. And ask Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus. And I want to give some space and take some time to allow Jesus to minister to our hearts this morning. I saw as I was interceding and praying and uh, did some fasting this week as well, I saw hearts with, with roots in it that are going to be washed away in Jesus' name in this moment. So there's a gift of faith attached to this, I feel in my heart. And once you see Jesus in the Spirit, raise your right hand so I know you're there and how he's choosing to manifest himself to you. Just raise your right hand once you're there. When the majority of us are there, I'll move on here.
Thank you, Lord. Here's the first question. You can keep your eyes closed if you need, need to be to focus on Jesus. Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life I need to repent of? If yes, just repent to Jesus. Allow him to bring that up now. And once you've done that, just raise your right hand so I know. Keep flowing here, majority of us. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Second question. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Holy Spirit, is there anyone in my life I need to make amends with? What would Jesus say to me about that? And once you've done that and have some conversation, relationship, raise your right hand so I know that you're there and working on that. Thank you, Lord. Lots of people are being ministered to now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now in this place, ask the Holy Spirit, what truth are you speaking to me? And once you get some truth, raise your right hand so we're flowing in that area. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the truth and parting in the hearts right now, Lord. Then the last question here is, Holy Spirit, how does this truth make me feel? How does this truth make me feel? Just raise your right hand if you are getting some revelation with that. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. And when you're, when you just put both hands over your heart, I just want you to pray individually to Jesus now for a little bit, okay? Just, I, I feel like this morning there need there needed to be some uh, father and son and father and daughter time. So just begin to just pray to Jesus and have some conversation with him about what just all you guys talked about in the midst of those questions. And the Lord might have took you a different place than what my questions, which is okay. Allow him to begin to minister to you as you minister to him and just and then when you get to the place, just begin to seal what you, what the Lord just did in your heart. Thank you. I know this was a heavier message this morning, but sometimes after a heavier message of a release, I need to be obedient to that. I sometimes uh, say, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus laughing. And just look at the joy of the Lord. I think Graham Cook is the activation from Graham Cook. But he called it belly laughing. And just see the laughter of the Lord and just feel and hear and experience his joy right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for just your heart and all the things that you did this morning through prayer, through worship and word in the ministry time of Jesus. We thank you for all the encounters this morning, Lord that will bring transformation and reformation. We thank you, Lord, that you're tenderizing our hearts towards you even more in this season. Thank you that you're developing a hunger in us that's not out of deficiency, but out of wholeness. We thank you that you're making us whole in this season by the blood. We thank you for the power of forgiveness. We thank you for the power of blessing. We thank you for the power of our tongue in this season, Lord. And we release life and hope. And I bless every heart right now here in the name of Jesus, to seal this work and word in every heart, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at EncounterJesusChurch.com. Blessings.